This podcast does not constitute medical advice. All changes surrounding medications, diet and exercise should be made in consultation with a professional who can assess your unique health circumstances. Welcome to the Patterson Program, where you'll learn how to improve your health from the inside out. And now, your host, Clint Patterson. Clint here. Here we go again with a wonderful story of recovery from crippling rheumatoid arthritis. G'day, Deb. Thanks for coming at us all the way from Chicago. Oh, thank you for having me. I was in Chicago recently. We just missed each other, didn't we? I went to a Veggie Fest and gave a yes. talk there, but you said you're out of town for that. So uh, on this platform, we'll get a chance to, to meet in person and to uh, get to know each other because prior to this, you know, we haven't really uh, had much of a conversation other than you've jumped on a few of our social media platforms and said how well you've done. So why don't you uh, give us a snapshot of what we're in for on this call? Well, I, I just wanted to let you know how inspiring you've been. And I really appreciate all the podcasts. I love hearing everyone's story. And everyone does have a story. So they're all inspiring. And I listen to every single one of them. <laughs> they're just been awesome. Great. Yeah, great. Thank you. Thankfully, uh, my journey has been very short. I was diagnosed in 2014, and I went from being a very active person, working, um, big social life, kids, grandkids, and just uh, to not understanding what was happening to my body. You know, I've always been well and you know, thankfully for that. But then in 2014, I, I noticed I, my energy level just plummeted and I thought I was just working too hard. And I went to a doctor and they referred me to a rheumatologist right away because I was having some changes in my hands. After the description I gave her, she said, I think you need a rheumatologist. So I went and, uh, she was very nice, but she really, you know, gave it to me straight. Like you have RA and this is going to be your life. You're going to, here's the medications we're going to start you on. And then I'll see you in uh, three months and we'll talk about if they're working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It was very shocking, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I, I'm a nurse, so I'm familiar with the medical field, yeah. but you know, for you to be in, in it personally is, you know, shocking. It was very disappointing. And uh, the immediate changes I needed to make were shocking, (laughs) you know, because you go from this active person to, oh, no, no, you have to slow down. And, you know, I I couldn't, I had to rest all the time. I, I was so tired all the time. I couldn't even explain the exhaustion I was having. And uh, it was debilitating and stressful and depressing, you know, at that time. So uh, I got on the methotrexate right away and that didn't work right away, but it was very hard to take. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, you have the drug hangover for at least two days, you know, of that, you know, it's hard on your gastric system and then you feel like somebody's just you know, it's just, you've been hit by a truck, you know, basically. Sure. Yeah. I, I deemed it my, my medication day. It was the medication day because then you knew, I just knew I wasn't going to be feeling well. And then the next day you didn't feel great. So anyway, 
Methotrexate was very difficult. Yeah. And then it did start to work. It did start to work. And I noticed my um, pain was going away and, and my energy was coming back. But that didn't last very long. So during this time, I was doing some research as myself, like, what can I do mm-hmm. personally to help this to help this along? Okay, so you started to do some research, as we do, a few months in as, you've, as you're feeling the exhaustion just from your immune system being overactive. People call it an underactive. What's happening is that there's a body trying to eliminate all these all these foreign proteins in the blood and treating all of them as an enemy and the body just gets exhausted. And then you throw methotrexate on, which is, has the number one side effect of fatigue and you've got, you know, big negative on top of big negative and I call it the walking zombie effect. So, okay. And so you started to do some research. This is heading in now more of a positive direction. You don't know if the, the treatment and the disease itself are, <laughs> which one is which at this point, you know, it's like, <laughs> yep. am I hurt from disease or the medication? So it did start to work, but then that started to wear off. And uh, I went back to the doctor about six months later and she wanted to start me on Humira. So uh, I put her off on that because if it was going to be anything like the methotrexate, I didn't want anything to do with it. So I put her off. And then finally, after a year, I said, okay, this methotrexate, I need to try to get off that. Can we try the Humira? So she had me on both. Okay. She had me on both. And uh, yeah, now I'm curious here, curious here. A lot of countries, they uh, keep you on the methotrexate either because they believe that you'll get more symptomatic relief or because... In Australia, for example, if you're going to go on one of those biologic drugs, then you need to retain the methotrexate therapy so as for the government to cover the costs of the Humira, because it costs over 50000 Australian dollars per person per year to the government to cover the costs of the Humira drug. And so they, I guess the government says, well, look, you know, we want this to be effective, so we require the methotrexate to be involved as a uh, based on what the evidence seems to suggest to get the best possible results. Now that data is about a year old. I don't know if that's still accurate, but you know, I'm curious: were you able to uh, then drop the methotrexate, or did she insist then you actually just add the Humira? Yeah, so they overlapped for a few months, and then I was able to stop the methotrexate after the Humira started to work. And um, so that was helpful. Uh, the Humira wasn't quite as debilitating to take as the methotrexate was. And uh, so I did start feeling better. For I took that for about a year. And then during December, I caught a cold. Oh, and here we go. It was, yep. it was bad. It was bad. And uh, so I had to stop the Humira. Oh that, my gosh. Yeah. This is the problem. Mm-hmm. So you go back yeah. to, you know, to zero, you know, and, yeah. and that was frightening in itself. And cause I had never been really that sick before. And, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let me get this straight. You just got the common cold that you might get every, or every once a year or every other year or something, depending on your immune system. But this time when you got it, because you're on Humira, it was so severe, your body couldn't fight it and you right. had to be taken off well, the drug. Well, I ended up going into the ER one day because I, I was having chest issues. Um, I, it was more of a bronchitis and they said that I actually had pneumonia. There you go. Yeah. I was going to use that word. Yeah. <sighs> So then that was frightening and, you know, stop the Humira. So then you're off 
of that. So then your symptoms start coming back. What a mess. And uh, I had to quit my job because, you know, I couldn't go in. Oh, my God. So it was very Mm -hmm. stressful and, you know, sad. (laughs) But you have to keep plowing forward, you know. So at that time, I started really researching. And that's how I found you. I found a great community people. Uh, I found Chris Wark, who's, you know, treating, helping cancer patients. And and they're very similar communities, you know. So the community is amazing and very helpful. And so um, I I got your program and started listening to your podcast. And I kept thinking that I could do it my my way. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I, I had stopped everything that I could, like sugar, processed foods, um, dairy. I had stopped dairy a year before and. But then uh, I was still a carnivore. And so because, you know, I, I have to cook for the family and I just kept thinking, well, I'll, I'll do it my way. I'll, I'll see if this works for me. And then I watched one of your podcasts and the the client said, you know, you have to do it 100 percent. You can't do it your way. And I was, it was like he was talking to me. And I said, OK, all right. So I said. I've devoted so much time and effort into cha- making changes. I might as well just go away. Do it. And so yeah. I just didn't do the fasting part because mm-hmm. I had I had dropped a lot of weight. Sure. And so uh, I had actually gone to a nutritionist or a dietitian. It was the doctor sent me to a dietitian, and she wanted she couldn't talk to me about food at all. She, she wanted me. The best advice she gave me was to get on my fitness pal which very, it helped me a lot because I'd never counted calories before. And so I was able to put in everything I was eating and making sure that I was getting enough calories. Mm-hmm. But that was the only thing she gave me that I walked out of her office with because she, she, she wanted to put me on calcium supplements because I wasn't eating dairy anymore. And this was actually someone who's been educated as a nutritionist. Oh, yeah, it's a big, big hospital here. Yes. And uh, right. So I left there and told my doctor to yeah to get a new preferred supplier for a yeah. nutritionist. Yeah. Yes. So then once I stopped, and it was November of last year that I stopped the meat, and so I was totally mm-hmm. on the program. And uh, okay, so what's uh, for for people who listening in the future? That is uh, just on twelve months ago, yeah. so eleven eleven months ago. Okay. And that's when about a month into it, I noticed that my energy level just went through the roof. And by then I was off the Humira, so my energy level went up and the pain went up and my clarity, like... I, <laughs> Hang on, you said pain went up. You mean pain went down? Hey, this, you know, it was the foggy brain, I think people describe it, that yep. that had lifted and it was just amazing. I, and I said, you know, I'm just going to keep going, keep going. And it, it was difficult in the beginning. And still, it's, you know, it's, it's a challenge. But, you know, I, my mantra is nothing tastes as good as feeling good. That's, I just, every time I want to, you know, I want to eat, I tell myself, I'm feeling great. I'm not going to, you know, I want to keep going. So Fantastic. it's been uh, a journey. So, so just to bullet point it then, so you, uh, you run the methotrexate, that didn't work. You went on to the Humira, that was giving you more pain relief. But then when you got sick, it turned into Humira quickly and dangerously. So you had to get off the Humira. And then you were off the Humira and in pain while searching for solutions. And you 
took upon our program in your own variation, but when you decided to uh, to, to do it the way that it's laid out, then you your energy levels flew up and yeah. everything yeah. improved quickly. Everything improved. Everything. Right. So how? what's the situation now compared to before with regards to your pain and so forth? Well, in April, I had been, I had, you know, been feeling so good. I was able to um, start looking for a job again. I, I, I was so excited to be feeling good. I put my resume online and I was contacted right away. And I was so excited. I was nervous, but excited. And I feel, you know, it was, you know, scary because, you know, I hadn't held a, uh, a schedule in a while, you know, it was all about treating my illness and trying to get better and feeling good. So I actually have been working since June and I work 30 hours a week. I'm excited to be, I never, I thought I'd never work again. You know, I just, and so I'm feeling great. I work out about three times a week now and I'm doing a lot of yoga and it's just been, it's been wonderful. Yeah. I have to be mindful. I always have to put myself in check if I'm starting to feel some twinges or any kind of ache or pain, I, I have to reconsider what I'm doing. You know, I think you call it a reset. Yep. And that's what I do. I, I change things up a little bit more and and start again. And yep. and it always works. It always does. And, you know, I know, you know, there's plenty of opportunity to cheat, you know, but when I'm on the path of goodness, then I know that, you know, that's going to serve me better. And, and it, it always does. Mm-hmm. So I can't, mm-hmm. can't deny, you know, that it doesn't work. Yes. <laughs> it, it definitely works. So you're in this situation now, the complete confidence and control situation where you are your own puppeteer. And as you see things start to, you know, like if you're driving your car and uh, you start to veer off the road just a little bit, you know how to bring it back safely onto the road again. And then with time, it becomes one of these unconscious competencies where we like you can have a conversation and you can uh, with someone in the passenger next to you and you can listen to music. And sometimes you've been driving for ages and you've thought, oh, I don't even remember making those turns and doing all this stuff. It's all happening unconsciously in the same way. You can keep your body on track. Your behaviors are consistent with success. And uh, it all seems to, to flow effortlessly in your life. And especially as you, you know, expand your food base and exercise becomes a habit as opposed to a chore. And then it's all self-supportive, you know, then you've got this lifestyle that continues to support your gut health. And when you have a healthy gut, you have a healthy body. And that's what, so our, our goal is simply make our gut healthy and everything else is fine. Yes, yes. <laughs> so well done and congratulations. This is uh, superb. Now, before we move on to getting some tips from you, and I want you to share some of your little advanced strategies that you might have developed yourself going through this that other people can learn from. Can you just tell me uh, what your rheumatologist has said since your last visit? And just, I, I always like to hear, I, I pretty this, I call this like my palm slap to the face moment where you hear the rheumatologist say, oh, oh well, you were lucky. Or, oh, well, look, uh, in some cases this happens, uh, but uh, don't worry, it's going to come back any second. Uh, so let's let's hear what yours said. Well, he's, he's been around a while. And when I first saw him, I, cause I changed, I changed rheumatologist cause she was kind of the original one was out of right. my uh, area. So 
I got one closer to me. And when I went to see him originally, he said, what, what can I do for you? And I, I told him my plan. I said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to do this program and I need you to be there to order my meds, order, order x-rays. <laughs> Good for you. This is awesome. Yeah. And, and he looked at me, he says, I can do that, you know. And, uh, wow. So, what a great rheumatologist. Isn't he great? Yeah. He's, yeah. And so then he said, well, you know, if, if you want to try a new medication, mm-hmm. I have one that I, I think could help you. Uh-huh. Zalexia or something. And Zelgens. 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 Yeah. And, it's a tablet yes, biologic. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. I said, well, I hope I never have to take that, you know, and I said, okay. I said, can you tell me anything about, you know, can you give me any advice on diet or, or other things that I can do to help myself? And he said, no, you're, you're on the right path. That's all he said. Oh, good. Good, so, good, good. Oh, God bless him. You know, he, he yeah, he's yeah. willing to try and, um, you know, I haven't seen him since. Oh, you haven't? No. You haven't. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I might have, the, have to cover the cost of your next visit so you can go in and, and tell him what you've done. And I have an appointment with him, uh, with him in the uh, next month. I just thought I would go get my x-rays and... Uh, and blood work? Because my blood work wasn't bad in the beginning. The only right. thing that was abnormal was my RF, okay. which was elevated. Everything else was mm-hmm. okay. So uh, I thought, well, I'll try you know, testing them again. And then yep. seeing how much they've improved or... Yeah, definitely. So even if your C-reactive protein and your SED rate weren't bad when you started, there's still a lot of improvements that can be measured. Your levels might not be reflective of your symptoms, and that's quite common. But relative to your own previous tests, there can be information to be gathered. So if you were to go and get your C-reactive protein done again and your SED rate, make sure you ask for high-sensitivity CRP because if last time, let's say when you were diagnosed, it might have only been a five milligram per litre, you know, you might find that now it's a it's a 1.1 or something. But if you only get the regular CRP test, it might say less than five, all right, or less than four. And that's not very informative because less than four could be 3.9 or it could be zero, and they are vastly different figures. Okay. All right. So I will yeah, make sure you do that. Okay. All right, awesome. So let's move on and talk about, have you got anything that you've learned through this process? And I'm putting you on the spot here because I didn't prep you for this, but are there any things that jump out for people who are going through the process and who are kind of projecting and hoping that they can get to the kind of results that you're at? What would you say, is there just a, a, some things that come to mind for encouragement or tips or strategies that really helped you? Well, I've been a yoga teacher for a few years, so the meditation, I would start that right away because it's a whole health thing. It's mind-body. So, you know, while you're on this journey of um, your physical health, you it helps to start the meditation as well. It's huge. I, I can tell you it, it definitely helps everything along because your mindset, mm-hmm. you know, is very encouraging then for yourself because you need that you need that encouragement from within like I can do this this is going to happen you know I'm feeling a little bit mm-hmm. better than I did yesterday because mm-hmm. 
you know, sometimes you feel like an island out there, <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. you're by yourself and, you know, you're the one that's on the plant-based diet and everyone else in the place is eating normally. And, mm -hmm. you know, so the mindset that you have with that, you know, g gives you strength. It totally, you know, is so helpful. Completely agree. And, um, the lists of benefits for meditation are endless. Yeah. I had a podcast with a, a meditation teacher, I think about 10 episodes ago or 10 or 15 episodes ago. So listeners uh, should definitely go back and listen to that because we cover a whole episode all on meditation and the benefits of that. So definitely go back and watch or listen to that episode. That's really, really good to hear. And do you implement that for one long session a day or a couple of short sessions? What's your strategy with meditation? My strategy is uh, two two short sessions. Two short sessions, so, similar to one of our sort of um, much loved part members of our community called Hannah, and she's going to be coming on another podcast soon. She she found that just doing three short, and when I say short, I mean like six minute six minute uh, little meditation sessions a day, uh, dramatically lowered her pain levels, and so it's good to get that reassurance from you two short ones a day, and you saw a, uh, a great benefit for that, which is great. So what other tips have you got for us, Deb? Well, uh, I found that I was a vegetable eater before, but I just, the vegetables, I needed to be more creative <laughs> with them. Uh -huh. So I found if you like one vegetable more, more than others, just find 10 ways to make that, you know? Right. Put yeah. it, you know, and then I had a go-to uh, shake, protein shake that I used for a plant-based protein shake. Uh, uh -huh. So I, you know, you you just need that boost and good calories. So mm -hmm. I would drink that a couple times a day, and that was significant. What was in that when I was just starting out? Mm -hmm. What'd you put in it? It has spinach and walnuts, almond milk, the plant-based protein powder and a frozen banana and that's it okay yeah so it's a green smoothie right it's a green smoothie with some protein added so it still falls within the uh convention of uh of of you know our green smoothie recommendations you had some advanced things in there compared to a lot of people who are in extreme state so um you know that gives me an indicator that you had a relatively reasonable level of gut health, even um, at that point in that relatively early stage, because the nuts and the protein both can be a little bit problematic when you're in the early stages. So, you know, I, I've i just, without having to get a stool sample, I can tell you that your gut health, your bacteria uh, diversity and, and, and numbers were not as bad as the average person with rheumatoid at that point. So well done. I was very fortunate. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. if you had it, if you had have stayed on uh, a bad path with your eating and uh, just continued uh, to deploy medication after medication, then uh, who knows where you you know where your gut health would have went. Exactly. Any other tips for us? Um, the juicing really helps. Okay, this is the celery and cucumber. Yes, the celery cucumber juice was amazing um, because you know, like you you've said, you know, there's no way you would eat all of that. You know, but to drink it is is easy, and you're getting all those you know nutrient dense vitamins. So it's so important. Yeah. It's just you know 
people have to, um, you know, when you want to go into the program, you really have to understand that, you know, this is going to be your new life and it's going to be good. <laughs> it's going to be great, you know, compared to where you were. You know, you're going to have to get friendly with your kitchen because <laughs> you're in there a lot. You know, it's okay. Get everybody else in there with you. Yeah, that's you great. Know? And it's time well spent. It really is. It is, isn't it? It's all I can. Yeah. It really is. It's Once you're moving forward and you feel that relief and, you know, you, you just want to keep on that, that train, you know. <laughs> mm -hmm. Progress is addictive, isn't it? It is. And, you know, Keep it simple is what I would say mostly is just keep it simple because when you start to like some days I'll miss lasagna, <laughs> you know, like, oh, I wish I could have a big piece of lasagna right now, you know, well, then I'll, I'll get creative and I'll try to find a plant based lasagna. Well, that's well and good, you know, but, you know, usually it's it's not the same. I mean, yes, it's, you know, it's satisfying in that instant, but it's like, okay, well, I really didn't need that. You know, if I keep it simple, I stay on the, the, the good path, you know, instead of worrying about what I'm not eating anymore. Right. Sort of chasing this lasagna dream and creating an inferior kind of substitute as it's unsatisfying and it's disappointing. Right. Yeah. I never went, I never did that. I never tried to uh, substitute anything that I left behind for an alternative. And, you know, even when we go out to places that are so vegan restaurants that have substitute meats in soy, so, yeah. soy formats and all that, I never read any of that. Uh, I just don't even, you know, to try and substitute and recreate something that I knew used to be bad for me, bad for animals and bad for the environment. I mean, I'd prefer to run the opposite direction. Right. And, uh, it's, it's they're not healthy anyway either those no, process things so it's not worth it and that's what you you realize is it's really not worth it and if i keep it simple i feel much better so mm -hmm. it's amazing isn't it? i even noticed that people when they're trying to reintroduce say and they're doing okay with rice then they'll try and introduce rice crackers and even though it's derived from rice just the processing that's involved and even with minimal preservatives and everything that just seems to be a problem with handling those slightly well, I don't know if you'd call it slightly, but foods that have been processed from a, a healthy source into a processed food, again, the body just seems to just not do so well on those foods. And we continually ask the question and we always get the same answer. Just eat whole foods and just eat plants and shut up, brain. Just do it, you know. <laughs> that's right, that's right. And people, did, people spend... I did find that the buckwheat groats mixed with quinoa that is that's a staple for me yeah i have yeah. it every week i use it for everything i use it as my rice i put things on top of it i put it in things it just it's just yeah. a staple it's they cook exactly the same so i make a big pot yeah. of it on monday and i have it for yeah. the week and it's 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 great yeah yeah well that's why you've done so well that is why because that was my staple as well. That was my staple for months and months and months because every time I tried to test something else, I just wouldn't feel quite as right. And by staying on that for a very long period of time, it's just so, so pain-relieving and, and health-promoting for your gut bacteria. It's a complete protein. Both of those are complete proteins and both alkalizing 
and uh, non-irritating because they're not grains. They're actually, you know, right. pseudo grains or seeds. I mean, they're the miracle food for trying to find that narrow path through the mountain where you're not eating meat and dairy, but you're eating something that's healthy, alkalizing, and all these wonderful things without triggering things with the cereal grains. So, yes. you know, that's yeah. why I say it's a narrow path through the mountain. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, so and that's organizing the the pantry in a new way now is easier because you know you don't have to go yep. buy all that other stuff now you have all these things that work for you and so now it's it's simple you know it's life is much simpler because you know you're not going to you know feel good if you deviate from this norm you know well, well in a funny in a funny way or in a in a convenient way the one thing we do have with rheumatoid arthritis is a wonderful alarm system we have an alarm system that goes off every time we eat the wrong thing now the things that we eat wrong once we're at a stage that you're at, are the things that other people are eating wrong without this, without the alarm systems. Yes. So, you know, like it's not like what's healthy for someone with rheumatoid arthritis is different to what's healthy for someone who has type 2 diabetes or is what healthy for someone who's trying to avoid, you know, increasing heart disease risk. A low-fat, whole-foods, plant-based diet is the answer for all of these problems. And so mm-hmm. what we have with rheumatoid is this alarm system that says, nope, that's not low-fat, whole food, plant-based <laughs> diet. And you're like, you know, thank you. Right, right. All right, because that's what the body doesn't react to as much, right? And again, when we're in the early stages of our healing, we've got such a messed up digestive system that we need to give it really simple, basic things for a while and expand into our uh, more diverse uh, diet, but uh, but uh, but when you get to, as I said, where you're at, then you know you uh, you have that alarm system that's helpful for the rest of your life, really, because it's not going crazy. It's just giving you some little little warnings, you know. Yes, and they do. They they that's definitely great. warn you. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Deb. I uh, I wanted to uh, make this one uh, nice and punchy and. And upbeat, and you've really, really helped in uh, in doing that. And hearing your story makes me just feel so good. And knowing that your life has been improved so much, and that you are in control, and that's what we're after. We're after this complete confidence and control. And from here, you know, you have the rest of your life just to uh, to uphold some discipline. And then with that discipline, you have ultimate freedom away from your foods with your ability to travel and your ability to go back to work, mm-hmm. which you've done, and your ability to be social again and, and get rid of that uh, brain fog and be out of that uh, extreme tiredness. I mean, so much opens up when we simply just narrow down our diet and keep our gut healthy and exercise regularly. Yes, for sure. And you're doing great work and I'm helping you spread the word. I am. I'm out there telling everybody, find the community, find it. It's there. It may not be in your circle, but. (laughs) Yeah, thanks a lot. Our community grows mostly through word of mouth and it's, you know, helped along by having a, a media platform like this, but. It's when people do really well and they tell their family and friends and then mm-hmm. those family and friends know someone with this condition and mm-hmm. nothing's more powerful than having a personal connection with someone who has had tremendous improvements to their health. So thank you. And anyone who's listening who feels uh, positive about the results they've achieved, yes. tell everyone you know and certainly reach out to me because um, I'm always looking for more 
people to interview and to help inspire other people. So if that right. fits you, uh, reach out to me. So thanks so much, Deb. And uh, I hope you have a wonderful afternoon there Thank in you. Chicago. Just to you. Thank you for having me. Thanks again. All right. Take care. You've been listening to the Patterson Program. For more information, visit pattersonprogram.com.